It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 1st, 2019. My name is Philip Ross I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You of course follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. A happy NBA New Year to everyone as the NBA calendar has officially flipped over. We are now in the 2020 season, the 2019-2020 NBA season. It is now season four of Locked On Magic, and oh yeah, we've got some free agency to talk to. A lot to get to on today's show. We'll break down the news, who the Magic signed, what what it all means, and of course, look ahead to what this actually means for the 2020 team and the implications of what the Magic did or did not do on uh, Sunday afternoon. It was fun fun having free agency start at six o'clock in the afternoon. But before we get to any of that, there is craziness all over this league. And if you want to be up to date on what's going on with the NBA from local experts who know their teams, check out the Locked On Podcast Network. Obviously, the big news is coming out of Brooklyn with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving both jumping ship to join the Brooklyn Nets. Check out Locked On Nets for that. How did the Golden State Warriors recover? They got D'Angelo Russell. Check out Locked On Warriors for their breakdown of what the Warriors did to try and uh, get back to the NBA Finals with Klay Thompson likely on the shelf for a little while and losing one of their best all, best all-around players, best players, period. The Los Angeles Lakers still sitting on their thumbs. Check out the Locked On Lakers. And if you have a good case of schadenfreude, check out Locked On Knicks. I'm sure... Just just check up on Locked On Knicks. I feel like they need a friend, like someone to just put their arm around around their shoulders there. There's a, local, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same excruciating detail we do here with Unlocked on Magic, with the same kind of local experts who follow their teams day in and day out and can give you the actual lowdown on what all these moves mean for their team. You can find them all on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, anywhere you download podcasts. Also check out the national podcast, Locked on NBA, as well as Fantasy Basketball. Locked on Fantasy Basketball is now we can begin assessing what these actually mean for Fantasy Basketball. Check all these podcasts out wherever you download podcasts today. Remember the Locked on Podcast Network. It's your team every day. So the Orlando Magic were busy uh, in in free agency. It didn't take them very long to kind of establish what they were going to do. And in fact, it, it, it really didn't seem like the Magic did anything except focus on the guys that they got. It, it happened so quickly. 
The big move, of course, the Orlando Magic keeping Nikola, all-star center Nikola Vucevic on a four year, on a reported four-year, $100 million contract. That's reported by Mark Stein of the New York Times. Orlando then quickly moved on and was able to retain Terrence Ross, who, according to his Instagram at least, spent the day wakeboarding with his, with his family at one of Orlando's fine lakes. It did not appear like he even met with anyone else. The Magic kept him at four years, uh, $53 million. And then there was the big, uh, the, the, I guess not a big move, but the final move the Magic make, really the final move the Magic can make, signing Al Farouk Aminu to a three-year, $29 million contract. In all, Orlando, and we'll talk about each player individually and the implications here in a bit, but in all, Orlando made it very, very clear from the very beginning that they were determined to keep their own players, that they were wanting to build off of the success, and that they believe that both Ross and Vucevic wanted to be part of the Magic's build, of, of, their, of their continuing build. That making the playoffs and, and helping this team fight to return to the playoffs wasn't just a wasn't just a one-time thing for them. They, like many of us, view it as, as just the beginning of something, and, and they want to be part of that. And so kudos to them. Certainly, a lot of the debate over the weekend was on the length of these contracts, especially with Nikola Vucevic, and there is definitely merit to that. Because a four-year commitment is a long way to go, and, and, and I think there is always a little bit of skepticism when a player puts a career year up during a contract year. I, I don't get the sense that these are guys that will slack because they got paid. But you never know. never know until you get paid. But Orlando also was in a bit of a bind. And, and this should be made clear. Orlando was in a bit of a bind. Even without re-signing Vucevic and Ross, the Magic had about $20 million in cap space. Signed them both, they're over the cap. Don't sign them, you only got 20 to replace two key players. And so if Orlando's main goal, if Orlando's key goal was to maintain their spot in the playoffs, this was the move to make. To, to pay that cost. and It is a cost. It is a risky move. I won't deny that. I think every move the Magic could make was risky. It was a risky move. But it was one Orlando had to make. Because after six years of sitting on the sideline in the playoffs and and not being able to take that step forward, the organization saw the value of winning. They saw the value of being in competitive games, how it caused a lot of their players to rise to the crop, how it engaged their fans in a new way. And yes, that does matter. I'm sorry. And the Magic don't want to let that go. They don't want to lose that momentum. They don't want to take a step back. Not if they don't have to. And there was always the possibility that Vucevic would leave in free agency. There was always the possibility that Ross would leave in free agency. But what I think the Magic made clear here What the Magic made clear is they will take care of their own. That they believe that this team can continue to progress. 
And honestly, perhaps that they couldn't do much better on the market. Again, with those limited resources, what kind of player would they have brought in? Would uh, a, fa- a fan favorite suggestion, would Dwayne Dedman have done the same things that Nikola Vucevic would have done? I don't think so. Would a Brook Lopez do the same things that Nikola Vucevic would have done? Offensively, maybe. Defensively, certainly not. Or not drastically different. And at the end of the day, you know, for a four-year contract, Brooke Lopez got paid paid less, so sure. But at the end of the day, Vucevic is getting paid less than Al Horford. Those are two all-star centers, and, and Horford's not quite an all-star anymore. If the Magic had let Vucevic go on, out onto the market, it's very realistic he would have gotten the same kind of four-year $100 million contract that the Magic ended up paying him. So if retaining Vucevic was the priority, which, again, it appears it was. If retaining Vucevic was the priority, Orlando did what it had to do to get the deal done. But what this all means now is there is no taking a step back. What this means now is the Magic are all in on the playoffs. There is no measure for success other than making the playoffs. Again. I've, I've heard this argument, and, and I'm not going to dismiss the argument outright because I do think it's a fair one. I do think it's a fair one we have to ask, and I'll break it down here in a minute. But I have heard the argument that Doing this has locked the Magic in to being a 6 or 7 seed for the next four years. And that's bad. You don't want to get stuck in the proverbial middle. You don't want to be caught in a place where you can't really get better. And I agree with that notion. That's not where you want to be. But the issue is, you don't necessarily worry about getting there or being there until you're there. The question you should always ask is, is there a way for this team to get better as presently constructed? And the answer to that for me is an undoubted yes. I think Aaron Gordon is due to have a very big year this year. One that may make the Magic regret giving so much money to Nikola Vucevic, honestly. But they don't know that. And I think Vucevic will help Gordon get to that level. I think Jonathan Isaac is going to continue to improve. Mobamba, even sitting on the bench behind Vucevic for the next two, maybe three years, will get better, will become a better player. And yes, I, I do think the Magic will try to ex- try and experiment with both of them on the floor once again. Again, just an experiment. I don't, don't know how long it'll last or if it'll work. But I think it's pretty clear right now the Magic do have a way to get better. And honestly, at this point, the best way to prove you can get better is to do it again. There are lots of, throughout NBA history, there are lots of flashes in the pan. Teams that caught fire at the right time and and made the playoffs or snuck into the playoffs and then petered out and disappeared. And honestly, this might be that team, that kind of a team. 
That's the part we don't know, and that's the gamble that Jeff Weltman has made. Investing so much. I mean, the Magic are right up against the luxury tax line. The Magic have invested so much. to just make the playoffs now. And that's a fair criticism. Don't get me wrong. That is an absolutely 100% fair criticism. Especially if they don't make it. But right now, the goal is to get back. To prove that the 2019 season wasn't some fluke. I've come to call the 2019 season a proof of concept. If you're familiar with that term and, and, and kind of scientific experiments, I, I, I steal it from Mythbusters because I love that show. Um, but it's sort of a kind of small-scale test to prove that something w- might work. The 2019 season was that. It was a proof of concept. It proved that the group that the Magic had that had been through a lot of losing could come together and make the playoffs. But they did it once. And as all good scientists know, an experiment is not successful until you replicate the results. And so this year, the 2019, the 2020 season, is about replicating the results. Can the Magic do it again? Can they take that experience Can they take their collective improvement and do it again? And that is a very open-ended question. I won't deny that. I look at the Eastern Conference landscape, especially after after, uh, uh, Sunday, after the first day of free agency with so much money going around, that it's not certain, but I have to say I, I still feel pretty good. Really the only non-playoff team that made a major move that, that should worry one of the playoff teams that they may lose their spot is Miami getting Jimmy Butler. Then again, they also lost Goran Dragic. So who's playing point guard for them now? Dion Waiters? Justice Winslow? Hmm. Miami still has some questions, but but... The Magic entered the day as the favorites to win the Southeast Division. They'll they'll leave the day as as second in that division. Or the second favorite to win that division. Or they should be the second favorite to win that division, I should say. So Orlando's going to have to fight. And, and And as I said at the end of the season, there is no guarantee the Magic get back to the playoffs. But the way the Magic have spent, the way the Magic have doubled down on the roster that they had last year. Not only that, doubled down in in a really puzzling way in hindsight now with with Chuma Okiki, likely to be out until January. They won't have a rookie, a cheap contract, essentially, to help them out. Not this year, at least. The Magic have doubled down on making the playoffs again. And for the rest of the summer, the rest of the season, that is all that matters. That's the standard we will hold them to. That is the standard that they have set for themselves. 
Now, Orlando still has some tools at their disposal. They've used up the entire mid-level exception, so it won't come in free agency. Orlando still has a big trade chip, though, when it comes to it. And that's Timothy Mozgov's expiring $16.7 million contract. I don't anticipate the Magic will stretch that. There's no reason to at this point. It, it It's moot. They, they don't have, I think they might still have the biannual exception to spend if they want to spend that. Um, but no reason to stretch Mozgov. There's, there's no advantage to it. It's not enough to get them under the cap to sign someone new. It'd just be dead money. So now he becomes a really big trade chip. So the Magic can still get better player acquisition-wise when the right opportunity comes around. And of course, that if they keep on to that contract, it'll come off the books next year. But the Magic's playoff fortunes are still wrapped up on this roster, on each player getting better, especially Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac. Now it's looking like it's really wrapped into Markel Fultz contributing something. And again, the Magic not going after a point guard or splitting that mid-level exception kind of hints that either they think there's a point guard somewhere that they can get really cheap off their summer league roster maybe that can play backup minutes or they'll keep Michael Carter-Williams. Or they think that Markel Fultz is ready to go, or closer to being ready to go, than we all than we are all being led on to believe. But the main thing coming out of free agency, and again, I will repeat this again and again. I'll probably repeat it all summer long. The main thing is this team is go- aiming, gunning for the playoffs again. They want to replicate the results. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. So the Orlando Magic, obviously we, we know Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross really well. We've seen them play Vucevic for seven years now. We've seen Ross play on this team for almost two and a half years now. Uh, we know who those guys are. And the Magic obviously knew, needed them back. They were they were two absolutely vital pieces to the team. Uh, you know, I'll comment briefly. I, I I am a Nikola Vucevic optimist. Everyone knows that about me. I, I've probably defended him him more than I should or or than is reasonable. But um, I, I will admit that that I thought twenty five million a year. And four years especially was was probably above my 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 bounds. Um, I believe that. I really believe that uh, twenty three was probably going to be my limit, and I think I was on the high side among fans. 
Um, I was someone who said that the Magic needed a number that they would not pass, and and uh, and that's that. Um, but the Magic obviously felt a little bit differently, um, and and I think. You know, I look, I look at it now, and I think I understand where they're coming from. You know, and, and I'm just going to explain kind of where I think the Magic are coming from. Um, we can debate whether it's a good contract or not. Um, I, I do think, you know, someone asked me, uh, you know, is the, is Vucevic's contract going to be worth it, or is it going to be uh, something that hangs around their neck at the end? And I and I think I just responded yes, because I think it could very well be both. Um, I think that, and again, it depends how the contract is structured. I mean, I don't think the Magic would front load this deal, um, not significantly, uh, just because if they do, that means they are in the tax this year. And I don't know if the if, if the DeVos family minds paying for the tax, but the Magic should not be a tax team. Um, you know, being a six, seven, eight seed, that those teams should not be tax teams. And and I don't think. Now I'll say this too: I don't think the Magic are as hamstrung financially as people think. Um, I think they've still got a little—I have to do the math again. Uh, And again, it matters how these contracts are structured. But I I think the Magic still have a little bit of room in 2021, um, which is, of course, the summer that Jonathan Isaac and Marco Foltz become free agents. Um, I think they still have a little bit of room in 2021. Um, I think they'll, they'll, with with Mozgov's contract coming off the books, I think they'll have a little bit of room uh, next summer as well. Again, I have to run some numbers. Um, But overall— I don't think this contract kills as much as people think. Um, I'll be writing about this at some point during the summer, but I think having a big money contract, especially if Vucevic can maintain his production level, isn't the worst thing in the world. And I think that he will be, you know, I, I, I think as far as looking ahead to trades, I know there's there's been argument going around that, you know, the Magic have been trying to trade Vucevic for four years why is and they couldn't trade him at 12 why is doubling that going to make him easier to trade and it's not that doubling it is going to make him easier to trade i think that there was always interest in vucevic on the trade market and again i don't like signing contracts with the thought of trading them but but i think this is part of the thought process but there's always been a trade market for nikola vucevic i think the problem was the magic weren't getting the return that they wanted um, I, I do think that that was part of the issue. Was Orlando valued him as a top level player, and they weren't going to trade him just to trade him. They weren't going to trade him and get players that they weren't interested in. They weren't looking to just get rid of him. And I think those were the kind of off the kind of offers that they were getting. Um, they weren't able to get maybe the high value but prospects that they wanted out of Vucevic, and so they held on to him. I think that when. When or if the time comes that the Magic want to trade Vucevic, start Bamba, whatever. And again, I don't think this hurts Bamba at all. Not for a year at least. Um, when that time comes, I don't think the Magic will care what they get back or care less what they get back. Now, at $25 million, you might have to attach a pick, and that would hurt. But, you know, I, I don't think this is as onerous as it sounds. Now, it might be. If Vucevic falls off a cliff, yeah, it's a bad contract. But that's always the risk. And I would say the risk was just as great letting him walk. Because, the you know, the Magic don't have a great offensive player. Vucevic is by far the Magic's best offensive player. And it's tough to run things through the post the way the Magic did. I agree with that. But I think it'd be a lot harder and a lot bigger of an ask to have Aaron Gordon suddenly be the, the number one creator. 
I think Vucevic can take that on. And while Vuce had a poor playoff series, he was he was the most consistent player all season. So I, I don't think that this is a this is a great deal. I, I will say I will say that. I don't think it's a great deal. I, I'm not as convinced as as bad of a deal as some people picture it to be, but it could be very bad at the end of the day. Um, but at the but also I think it was a market deal. I mean, Al Horford got roughly the same, got a little bit more, roughly the same amount. And I think at this point we can say at the at the very least that that Vooch and Horford should be in the same market. They were the top two centers on this market. And so they got paid about the same. I I, I think that was the market rate for for them for them. So that's that's kind of that. Um Terrence Ross, though, uh his deal. Average about $13.5 million per year over four years. Again, we don't know the structure of the deal, um, which I think will matter. I like Ter- I like this Terrence Ross deal. I was expecting Terrence to get 15. I thought someone was going to throw some silly money at him. And I was honestly surprised that Rodney Hood got as little as he got. Um, you know, we haven't seen KCP come off the board and, and Reggie Bullock still, uh, Reggie Bullock's with the Knicks now. Um, but And Jeremy Lamb actually got uh, underpaid. So I think that shooters, bench shooters like these uh, didn't hit the market as hard as I thought they would. So I'm happy on in that respect that Ross, you know, came back at lower than I thought he would. Um, but, you know, he's he ended up being the highest paid of the bench shooters. And I think this is a fair deal. If he could keep up his production, which asking Terrence Ross to be consistent has always been an issue. But the Magic are paying him like a, a low-level starter, high-level bench player, and that's what he is. He is you know, should have been in the running for sixth man of the year this year. And obviously for this Magic team, he is that valuable. He won several games for them. And again, you look at these signings all as pointing to uh, making the playoffs again. That's what all these signings are about. How does it help us make the playoffs again? And yeah, the Magic don't make the playoffs without Terrence Ross and his ability to change games. The fact that you know, he was the most dynamic, explosive scorer the Magic had. Honestly, the most dynamic, explosive scorer the Magic have had probably since McGrady. Vince Carter had that one game. Vince Carter was supposed to beat this. Where on any night, he could go off for 30 and just change the tenor of a game, just take over a game, change the mood of a game. Ross did that time and time again. And, and it would have been very hard for the Magic to make the playoffs again without him. Which again... I think is a fair criticism of all of this. I think it is a fair criticism of all of this that the margin for error for the Magic remains very, very small. If Vucevic doesn't have another great season, if Ross doesn't have another great season, if someone gets hurt, there's definitely going to be some confidence issues on who they have replacing them and this team is stretched pretty thin by the cap right now. So, yes, I think there are criticisms, but again, I think that this was kind of the position the Magic were in. But they had to make these kinds of moves. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And that leaves us now with the new guy. Al Farouk Aminu. A forward, a six foot nine forward, seven foot wingspan. Yeah, we know. Who's known more for his defense and very much fits a lot of the other players the Magic have, honestly. Al Aminu has been a solid player in the league for, for a pretty long time now. Last year for Portland, he averaged 9.4 points per game, 7.5 rebounds per game, uh, 0.8 steals per game, 51.4% effective field goal percentage, a career high for him there. Shot 34.3% from beyond the arc. He's been a, a mid-30s, low-30s. He's shot better than 30% from beyond the arc for the last four years. Been kind of a mid-30s three-point shooter. Not a great three-point shooter, but... You know, you leave him open, he'll make make it. Very selective with his three-point shot, though. That, that, goes, that comes and goes. But he's on this team because he is a very good defender. He is a grinder and a hard worker. Someone who's started the majority of games over the last four years in Portland. He is someone that, you know, you give him minutes, and, and he played about 30 minutes a game. He's played about 30 minutes a game for the last four, four years, and that's going to change. He's not going to play that much unless the Magic do a lot of small ball five lineups, which I doubt. He's someone that just does all the dirty work. And I do think that's, you know, as good as the Magic were defensively, I do kind of think that's something that was missing. There, you know, you go back to the playoffs. Let's, let's go back to the playoffs. The Magic were one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the league all year long. They, they, you know, their numbers there were fantastic, but in Game 3, Kyle Lowry dug out that rebound off the free throw and won them that game. There was a little bit of grit and, and determination that, that was missing. And Orlando's not going to go out and get some kind of wild card personality. Alfred Aminu is definitely not that. But he's someone who teammates loved. I, I do think it was noteworthy that Yusuf Nurkic tweeted congratulations to Al Farouk Aminu. He is someone his teammates love. He's someone that you know is going to work hard, that's going to play hard, that's going to defend hard, that's going to you know get in, get in the muck, which again is something that I do think the Magic need. A lot of people have been asking, oh, the Magic got another power forward? Well, the difference between the three and the four is kind of irrelevant at this point. Um, the biggest issue with uh, Aminu is more three-point shooting than anything else. But the Magic do need to back up four. You know, you look at their depth chart, and at, at the three, it's Isaac starting with a one to a Ross behind him. You know, the other one plays the two. Then, then Chuma Okiki, who's going to be out until January or February. Then you have Aaron Gordon at the four with no one else. Now, the Magic could easily run a three-man rotation at, at, at the three and four and get by, but I think having Alfred Aminu bolsters this team a ton. Depth is not bad, especially for practice. I, don't, I do not think having more talent is a bad thing. Yes, the Magic had needs at shoot, as a shooter, at point guard, but I think they feel like those can be more easily filled. And, and in any case... Adding another guard with Terrence Ross coming back, where does he play? If you really like Wesawandu, where does he play? The point guard position. You know, they could get a min guy. They found a minimum guy in Michael Carter Williams who really worked, and maybe that was lightning in a bottle. 
And, you know, there are some indications the Magic will re-sign Michael Carter-Williams still. So, yes, there were needs there. More immediate needs. Or more long-term needs. But this isn't a bad signing. You know, this is a signing I actually kind of like. It's a guy who's a good culture fit. Again, a grinder. Just giving it, it gives an element the Magic don't already have. He's going to be a, a physical guy to help out Mo Bamba off the bench in those bench lineups. And when you need him to start, he is more than capable of starting. I think Aminu's going to rub off on this team really, really well. I am actually really getting on board with the signing. Now, three years, I think $29 million, that third year being a player option, the length bothers me. I won't deny that. I think, I think if there's a criticism that Jeff Waltman should get for his free agency... It's not the players that he signed, it's how long he signed them for. Now, like I said, like I've said before, the free agency class in 2020 is not that good. And 2021, honestly, when the Magic would have a little bit of money, not much better. A little bit better, but not much. And so the Magic did have, and I I, I do think this also played a role in who the Magic signed and how the Magic attacked this free agency. The Magic had to create their team for the next two years. At least. And so if they overcommitted, it's because they know that for the next two years, they're not going to have much to do in free agency. or There's not going to be a lot to, to look for in free agency. Now the trade market certainly will be open and, and we'll see what Orlando can do there. But again, a lot of that's going to depend, uh, the value that the Magic players have on the trade market is going to depend on whether they win whether they can succeed. So yeah, that's a big question. It's a big question that we still have somewhat unanswered. Question that's going to play itself out during the season. But I do think Al Aminu helps answer that question. I think, again, he gives a little bit of an element the Magic don't already have. And yeah, honestly, fills a position of need. Now, does it make sense with Chuma Okiki waiting in the background? No. And I think the other criticism we can make of Jeff Weltman this offseason is the, the, the whole puzzle doesn't fit together quite yet. I get that he was drafting a player like Okiki and, and using the draft for as a future play. It wasn't about this year. And that's fine. But now you look at the roster and you're like, where does Okiki fit? And with the other needs the Magic had, why didn't they look to fill them in the draft? Now, the next question would be, well, who should the Magic draft it? You know, y'all, y'all know I was a big Nikel Alexander-Walker guy. And, you know, I'm actually somewhat optimistic that Chuma Okiki can play a little bit of two. I think he has that versatility. But yeah, he's going to play the three with Ross sitting there, with Isaac sitting there, with a Wendu sitting there in front of him. The four with Aminu and Gordon sitting in front of him. Finding him minutes might get a little tough. And so, yeah, I, I'm not sure that that lineup, that, that that pick makes as much sense anymore. Not because of the player. Maybe it does because the player is that good. And again, Depth is not bad. But Orlando, it feels like, already is starting 
at a little bit of a deficit. In any case, you could see there are a lot of questions left about this team still. About how the roster is constructed, about what the plan is moving forward, about the future. But there's also a lot of hope and opportunity. It's a lot of a lot of interesting things. A lot of belief that this team will get better. And of course, that's the journey we're about to go on. So overall, with, with the first day of free agency gone, I would give the Magic's offseason a B minus, maybe. Again, perhaps too early to give a grade. I like re-signing Nikola Vucevic. Probably a B B plus signing. Just, for the, just because of the amount and the length was a little bit higher than expected. Terrence Ross, I would, I, I would say A-. minus. I, I really like that signing. I like the amount. I like bringing him back the way they did. Alfred Camino, solid B+, plus for me. I think that he's someone that will fit this roster really well. Only thing that's lacking is the shooting. But of course, none of that matters. None of that matters. As I said before, all that matters now for the Orlando Magic is getting back to the playoffs. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Follow us on Twitter there at O Magic Daily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Wright. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.